Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We go now to the Range Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in uh, former Montana State head coach and, in this instant, former Eastern Washington head coach to talk to us about the uh, surprise coaching change at the University of Washington, one of our favorites, Mike Kramer, on the line. Mike, thanks so much for being with us. How are you this afternoon? Well, it's uh, great to be with you on a playoff week uh, edition of Monday Monday football before the playoff on Saturday should be fun. It is going to be fun, and uh, we could touch on some of that stuff as well, but we wanted to start in Seattle, Washington, with the surprise resignation of Chris Peterson and Jimmy Lake being immediately announced. It's almost like they had a plan in place here, <laughs> Coach Kramer, if I'm understanding it correctly, <laughs> to get Jimmy Lake uh, the job. He's a guy who played for you, who coached, who started his coaching career with you at Eastern Washington. For people who don't know about Jimmy Lake, tell us about this guy. What do you think about this? Have you even been in contact with him about this? Well, no, Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy's done a really nice job uh, without any of my tutelage for a long time. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy came to came to us uh, in the summer of of nineteen ninety four five in there, and uh, Ken Emil, who was uh, coaching at our youth football camp out in Sheen at Eastern Washington, was coaching the All Star game uh, in Spokane. And he came out one night, uh, and you know, just see how where things were going, and we we're sitting around. We're, uh, you know, I'll just tell you the truth now. I'm, I don't have to worry about it. We're sitting around drinking a couple of beers and. He was going, hey, Crane, how come you guys didn't recruit this kid out of North Central High School? I said, well, we want to. We wanted to recruit this guy. And I started talking about him. And he goes, no, you're talking about the wrong guy. I said, he goes, I, I said, who? And he said, Jimmy Lake. I said, who? And when Ken, Ken got done talking to me, he's a former WSU linebacker and an excellent high school coach in his own right and a guy who had played at Eastern. I thought, man, this is there's really something here. Well, we had a scholarship available. So I 
cleaned up my act and went home at about six o'clock at night. I ran down the phone and I got hold of his mom who got hold of Jimmy at the all-star game. And they were uh, at the end of practice that night. They got done with dinner and I talked to him on the phone. He was on a pay phone. I talked to him for about an hour about Eastern football, that our scholarship had come available and that we were going to offer him a full scholarship. And because it was June, I couldn't go see him. I'd have all liable. You know, there's no home visit, no fly you in, no take you to this restaurant and that restaurant and let you have a good time. It was like, Jim, we've got an opportunity and I'm going to offer you a full scholarship to come out and play for us because Ken Emo, a guy who I respect intimately, says you are a great player. Sight unseen. So no video, no evaluation, no sitting around with five or six guys wringing our hands about whether we should or should not recruit this guy. And from the first day he came to camp, you could tell, Number one, this guy's something different. He's he's different. He was in a great recruiting class, a, a really good group of kids we had at Eastern. I was very at the very start of my coaching career there, and we were trying to outfit ourselves for the future. And he fit in right away. And my gosh, he he just had such an outstanding career for us in the back end with Mo Perigo at safety. Uh, the 1997 team was a kind of an orchestration of how those guys were on defense, along with Derek Stryer. Chris Scott and the, and the on the inside and a whole bunch of other guys who played really good defense. But the catalyst for all that was a great senior class, but the, that one junior, Jimmy Lake, who was an integral part of how of our success. Well, lo and behold, uh, a year later, Jimmy gets done, and and uh, he, he spends his last year coaching for us as a student assistant coach, getting his degree. And then I go to Montana State. Well, I go to Montana State, and Paul Wolf gets the job. And Jimmy is actually selling rings for Jostens. And Paul got hold of him and said, hey, I think you should come out and coach for me. And uh, Jimmy had gotten tired of, you know, <laughs> being in the real life. And he, he said, okay, <laughs> he gave coaching a chance. And I, I, think, I think, fellas, the one thing about Jimmy Lake that's real, that people really have to understand, the guy spent a year out of coaching. So it isn't like he's been the golden child. You know, if you look at a lot of guys' coaching careers, and you'll find them, okay, they played, they were a student assistant, a graduate assistant. They got a full-time job. They became a coordinator. They moved up. They moved up. They moved up. And now here they are. All right. At no point along the way did they have to deal with, you know, serious career adversity. Maybe they dealt with personal adversity, but they didn't have to deal with, you know, a, a 0 for 11 season or a head coach who got fired. Well, Jimmy got fired. They, he was out of football for a year uh, out of Tampa Bay. And so here's a guy who had, you know, he coached for one year with Gilbertson at the University of Washington. And I got a chance to go into the NFL as an assistant secondary coach with Raheem. And then they got fired. And he was out of coaching for a year, back in the financial world. And then all of a sudden, he gets a chance to go back into coaching at Boise State. And la, da, da, now he's the Huskies head man. So uh, not a storybook ending and not a storybook career, but certainly a study in perseverance. Mike Kramer joining us as Tutel Nuanis, uh, talking to us about Jimmy Lake, who he uh, coached, uh, coming out of high school at Eastern Washington, who is soon to be, after this bowl game, the head coach at the University of Washington. Looking at Jimmy's 
looking at his, at his resume, Coach, he, I mean, he, he was an All Big Sky guy as a player, but also a team captain, academic all conference. Those things usually lend themselves a, a successful uh, launching point, at least for a coaching career. But when he was coaching for you initially as a GA back in '99, but then when you when you circled back around and coached for you at Montana State 2005, did you see head coaching potential in him, or what have you thought just of his rapid rise all the way now to the head coach of the University of Washington? Well. Uh, I'm not sure whether you can really look at a guy and say he's going to be head coaching Timber until they've won a couple games. <laughs> you know, Jimmy's right. never had to be that guy in front of the team yet or face the media after the game and explain why your offense or his defense or his kicking game fell apart. So a lot of how he can be as a head coach is going to unfold for us here in the next couple of years. But one thing that I under- always understood about Jimmy is that he always took advantage of the preparation that was offered, embellished it, and made it work for him. Because as a player, he wasn't the fastest guy. As a coach, he wasn't the most magnetic guy, not just the guy that other guys would gravitate towards. And even as, go back to as a player, let's go back to our college days, all of us, and let them remember, who did the party gravitate around? When, when Jimmy walked into the room, was he the dude that all the gals wanted to be with and all the guys wanted to be around. Not necessarily. He's not that kind of not that kind of person. So everything he's gotten through his personality, through his perseverance, through his family, through his faith, through his academics, through his preparation, it's all become he spent the time and he's just wanted it as badly as anybody. And he's a guy who's never stopped improving. In fact, uh, when he coached for us at Montana State in 2003, we had a really nice run on defense, ended up, winning part of the title and going to the playoffs. The next year, he got a chance, you know, to move on and, and get going uh, into the NFL and do something, or go to Washington and then go into the NFL. So where he was going and who he had talked to and how he got there, that's all because Jimmy could present himself as the kind of guy that you could accept. So, again, where's the battle fought at the upper tiers of all college athletics, in recruiting, in the living rooms, this week, next week? <laughs> Those guys are going to sit on couches. They're going to go into schools. They're going to talk to juniors and sophomores, even though, albeit it's not necessarily legal or illegal, but they're going to make their presence known. So you got to be able to go into a school or go into a house, and you got to be able to assume and assure the parents you can take care of their son. Well, guess what? From the day Jimmy played for us, he took care of my family because every single day he was a, a great player. He prepared, over-prepared and made himself into not just a great football player, but an excellent student. And he's been a, a longtime husband, uh, uh, a great father, and he just embodies everything you really want uh, in the leadership role in intercollegiate athletics at any level. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure am i right absolutely got to be cyber safe this day and age well for you business owners out there whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business it's still running through the web we all know that's a fact and in today's always on world your business demands a simpler approach to network security at blackfoot communications they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of montana they do they're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, 
Visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Mike Kramer joining us talking about Jimmy Lake, who uh, is assuming the uh, surprisingly vacated role of head coach at the University of Washington. The last question for me on this, uh, Coach, is – you know, obviously, somewhere along the line, Chris Peterson let the administration know that he was going to make this decision because they made this announcement almost together, you know, that he was leaving and that Jimmy Lake was saying. But there's no interim tag on this thing. There was no coaching search done that we know about from a, you know, a, a you know certainly one that was advertised and they're flying, you know, ADs all over the country and so forth. I mean, that's pretty miraculous, isn't it? At a place like Washington, which is, you know, a top three job in the Pac-12 to have to just go, yep, you're the next one in, done deal, signed, sealed, delivered. Fellas, I don't know if there's a litmus test or a series of interviews that would explain to you that this guy's going to be the right guy for the job. In fact, uh, in my coaching career, and I had three head coaching jobs, all of them kind of involved an extensive search behind the scenes, maneuvering, manipulating. And I'm sure this had some of those elements of that. I'm sure the president of the University of Washington, the athletic director at the University of Washington, they didn't just say, oh, well, Chris, now you want to be done, and, and here's the guy we're going to hire. No, I'm sure that, that somehow, somewhere inside of that, they were ready with plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and a go-to plan E. And this is the way it worked out. And, of course, all the notoriety that the University of Washington has gotten over the years, being a CFB playoff team, uh, a, a Pac-12 championship team, a team that's been in the upper echelons of the national rankings, led by a coach who's who's known for being a great organizer and a great presenter, Chris Peterson, but also they reestablished the concept at the University of Washington that they had to play defense. And that has come not just on the back of Jimmy Lake, but of course on the shoulders of Pete Kwiatkowski and and Pete, who who coached for me at Eastern and then coached with us at Montana State, who brought Jimmy into the staff in 2003 as assistant coach at Montana State has always been a guy that's been in Jimmy's corner, and Jimmy's maybe been in Pete's corner. So together, those two guys are able to assume a mantle of responsibility for a, a, a Husky defense. But uh, Yeah, of course, they got some NFL-caliber guys, but also they played within themselves. And, of course, last Saturday, they proved that they didn't necessarily have to do the outlandish or the un, unbreakable to be able to withstand the onslaught of, of the best passing team in the United States in the Apple Cup. So a great win by the Huskies and really an exclamation point to whatever Chris Peterson was thinking about. And whatever the manipulations were behind the scenes, whatever rocks had to be moved, everything got moved into place. And now here's Jimmy's great, great, great opportunity. And I'll bet you he is more tightly wound tonight than he was a week ago tonight when he was preparing for the Apple Cup. Because you get up in the morning and brush your teeth, and you're responsible for a lot more than just University of Washington football. In, in a day and age where intercollegiate athletics is, continues to be on the rise, especially Division One football, uh, especially the national playoffs, the money involved, there's a lot of resources that you've got to take care of on a given day. And so it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, it's a family issue. I'm sure Michelle, his wife, and and all his, his children are all excited about it. I couldn't be more proud of him. I'm sure his mom, who, who's been by his side, 
throughout this whole run from her, from her when Jimmy was just a little kid with his twin brother in Spokane that, that they're just doing great and they're ecstatic tonight. Well, Coach, we love talking all these sorts of things with you, but we'll get you out of here on this. Did you get a chance to watch the rivalry game between the Bobcats and the Grizzlies? If so, what'd you think, and what's your overall take on the FCS playoffs this year? Well, number one, uh, if the Bobcats can run the ball that well on the road, on the road, because you got to be able to go on the road and win the playoffs, because <laughs> there's only one team that's going to play home field almost the entire way. <laughs> right. No doubt. And, and those guys consider uh, that part of Texas to be home field for them themselves. I, I like the timber of, of what the Bobcats are able to do. Uh, I, I think their ability to run the ball repeatedly over and over again and slashing types of runs, perimeter runs, edge runs, fly motion runs, along with the great defensive front seven that continually harassed and harried uh, as a quarterback into not necessarily mistakes but into ineffectiveness. That's a really good recipe for success. All four Big Sky teams got a week off. All four Big Big Sky teams are pretty salty in certain areas, but they're all deadly, deadly at home. So I would expect, as a former Big Sky head coach and as a Big Sky fan, as a guy who's paying attention to all four games, all four teams hold serve this weekend. And next week, we'll start talking about one of the elite conferences in the nation advancing in the playoffs. Coach, always appreciate the time. An absolute blast. And thanks for the insight on the scenario going on in Seattle right now. We appreciate that very much as well. Oh, I love you guys. You guys uh, do a hell of a job here in the state of Montana. So uh, keep it rolling. There's a lot of interest in college football. I know you guys will stay on top. So great to talk with you. And anytime you guys want to get hold of me, get hold of me. You got it. Thanks, Coach. There you go. Thanks. Mike Kramer. The... Uh, well, former head coach at Eastern, Idaho State, and Montana State, and uh, keeping his finger on the pulse, obviously. I mean, how good is that memory? Yeah, he just named his whole defensive starting lineup from 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Amazing. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing. I it's was looking cool. at Jimmy Lake's Wikipedia. He had every step of that Jimmy Lake made in his career down to the order as well as got, he only missed one date even. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Being the head coach at Washington, Washington, though, is is the second best opportunity to get a sight on scene called from a from a payphone. You're in the cube. Full scholarship for you. Never see you. Never talk to you. Full scholarship I mean, on test. I mean, come on. That's a that's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, we got to send that interview to one of the Seattle writers so they can <laughs> work that into a feature. Because I mean, right. for real, like the payphone conversation started this entire thing. Yes. If Jimmy Lake doesn't yes. talk to Mike Kramer on a payphone, what's Jim, he's probably selling rings for Justin's. Totally. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's remarkable. Uh, all right. You think Mike Kramer's uh, disheartened with the way that the college football's changed? Because I, uh, I think he'd probably want to have hour-long conversations with the kids on payphones still. No doubt. It's up to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, who would I actually was driving across the state of Washington, uh, and we pulled off to uh, uh, a stop, I think in Ritzville there, and I, I walked my children into a payphone. I said, do you guys know what this is? Mm. A place where you had to make phone calls from, and just I mean, minds blown everywhere. You know, could not believe it. Uh, by the way, it was uh, no longer in service. We couldn't actually make the call. It's just the structure and the phone were still there. I don't believe that the yellow pages were even. They're still delivering phone books. I know. I mean, is that a remarkable deal that that fire keeps on burning each year? It's got to be coming to an end. I mean. <laughs> 
Okay. It's two tell the waters one two nine ESPN radio. Hey, we'll take a break. Come back, get into uh the other two homestanding teams from the Big Sky Conference in the FCS playoffs, Sacramento State and Weber State. Take a look at their opponents. And yes, Monday night football, the Seattle Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings coming up a couple, at the top of the hour. I got a couple thoughts too, just on I mean, because I do think that I mean, there's gonna be a lot of head coaching changes in the next week. Sure. And they'll all be newsworthy, certainly. But I just think that the ramifications in the state of Montana are a big deal from the University of Washington because mm. there's so much crossover. And Pete Kukowski, well, go ahead. We got to tell tell him. I mean, I just think that I think the only other two jobs that could that could have vacancies that would affect specifically the Montana schools, but just the Big Sky Conference in general, are maybe Oregon State and Washington State. But other than that, I mean, Mike Kramer mentioned. Pete Kukowski's actually the most successful person from the Mike Kramer coaching team. He's actually surprised. I mean, he's also a quote-unquote defensive coordinator now at Washington. So the fact that he wasn't the guy is sort of, you know, again, what boulders were moved behind the scenes, as Coach Kramer said, to to have Jimmy Lake be the guy who's taking over. I don't know, but pretty interesting. Pete Kukowski, they were lights out on defense at Montana State. Then they were lights out on defense at Boise State. And then they were lights out on defense at Washington. And I don't know. I think what Kramer said was actually interesting. There's some behind-the-scenes going on back at Washington because for Jimmy Lake to first become co-defensive coordinator with Pete Kukowski and then this year become sole defensive coordinator over Pete Kukowski and then now to be the successor to Chris Peterson, it's just very interesting. I just feel like there's... More of the story on both sides. I, I don't think Chris Peterson is done with coaching. Well, the Chris Peterson thing is 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 stunning. I mean, right. so first of all, uh, according to the you know release today, there's nothing to do with any personal situation. There's nothing to do with any coaching situation. It was you know the season kind of wore on him for some reason this year as opposed to other seasons. And but also he's not resigning. Resigning. He's taking uh, you know apparently an administrative leadership role heaven only knows what that means at the university of washington and you know it does seem like this is like a placeholder until he announces what the next thing is and perhaps if there is a next thing that that pete kukowski is on that next thing you know with him and that's why jimmy lakes the guy you know i don't know um but it's odd and and also it would be I guess the thing to me is, you know, we heard because uh, Will Kane can talk about nothing but the Dallas Cowboys, although it does make sense because there's Boise State connections with Dallas. But if in the event that Jared, Jason Garrett's no longer the head coach at Dallas, that that maybe this has been done to get, you know, Chris Peterson. But why would you do that now? There's four weeks left in the season. You're going to a bowl game. You're going to coach in that bowl game. You know, I, I don't understand why you make that announcement. Maybe it's for the sake of Jimmy Lake and his, you know, trying to trying to jumpstart his success in in being what will will kind of be a quasi head coaching situation as they go into this bowl game this year. I I, I don't know, but it's it's odd in that respect. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is a thing where, I mean. What's more, you know, what what what's longer, harder, more stressful, whatever, than being a head coach, especially college football coach? I don't know. And maybe it is really like, no, I'm done here because I thought Chris Peterson, he's staying till he, till he's 70. I mean, he's perfect in the Northwest at the flagship school of the entire region. 
okay up there at the University of Washington. He can recruit it. He understands how to do it. He did it at Boise State. He's already been to a college football player. Like he is, he you you said to me today, and I think you're. I mean, who's better fit at their school than he is there? I mean, it, I, I don't know. And so uh, this was stunning to me, really. And maybe maybe it is. Maybe we don't have to read into it so far. Maybe a guy just gets burned out and needs to go away for a while. I don't know. We'll find out that part of it. I yes. just think that this is going to have shockwaves just for a whole bunch of different reasons. I mean, Junior Adams, who's the wide receivers coach at Washington, played at yep. Montana State. Yep. Um, the crossover, I mean, Jeff Choke came from Washington. Bobby Houck once upon a time coached at the University of Washington. I mean, right. there's just a lot of crossover uh, on both sides of this. And, you know, like Kane Iona was just a quality control guy, uh, an analyst at Washington. When Lake is making his staff, I mean, does he throw a bone to Ione? Does Ione want to leave? I don't know. I mean, right. I think that there's just, there's way more direct personal connect. I mean, guys like Byron Howe, D-line coach at Montana State, he played for Chris Peterson at Boise State. So there's just a lot of uh, internal connections that could have ramifications. We'll see. We'll take a break. Now we'll get into the other teams in the Big Sky Conference still playing football. Next. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. Two teams from thousands of miles away will make the cross-country trip to Montana this weekend for the FCS playoffs. They got the Grizz and Bobcats, who are fresh off buys. First, southeastern Louisiana. They're going to travel over 2,200 miles from Hammond to Missoula to take on the number 6 Grizz. Sela rallied from a 17-point deficit to squeak out a 45-44 win over number 8 Villanova in the first round of the FCS playoffs. The Lions scored 17 points in the third quarter to tie the game at 31, then took the lead for good. Two and a half minutes to go toward the school's second ever playoff win. In the program's third ever playoff appearance, first team All-South and Conference quarterback Chase Vigil threw for 445 yards and three touchdowns as the Lions moved to 8-4 and four this season. Montana 9-3 and three entering its record 24th playoff Appearance. The University of Albany also travels about 2,400 miles to, from New York State's capital to Bozeman to play number five Montana State. The Great Danes of the Colonial Athletic Association turned a 7-7 halftime tie into a 42-14 drubbing of number 17 Central Connecticut State Saturday. Albany freshman quarterback Jeff Undercuffler tied an FCS playoff single game record by throwing six touchdowns, including four during a 28-point third quarter. Last week marked Albany's first ever playoff win, MSU making their 11th ever playoff appearance.
The Cubs have cut ties with Addison Russell and will not offer him a contract extension for next season. A little personal information for you. Go Cubs. Tutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. This Saturday, their seventh annual snow day, one day only. Go there. If you're going to the game, go early. Get in there early. Get all the things you need off your Christmas list when the list is when the getting's good. Saturday at Kurtz Polaris. Uh, if you would like to listen live and you are around a computer, you can go onto the website 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen live. The stream is brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, the second round of the FCS playoffs are set. The eight seeds have their eight opponents all set for them. We've talked about Albany going to Montana State. We've talked about southeastern Louisiana going to Missoula. We have not yet talked about Sacramento State and uh, uh, Weber State. Sacramento State, the number four seed in these playoffs, they get Austin P. Austin P. Who uh, hammered Furman over? It was like forty-two seven, forty-two to six, forty-two to six uh, over Furman. So a big win uh, there. <laughs> the first round was lackluster in a lot of ways, man. Like North Dakota and Southeast Missouri and Furman, I believe, all did not even score a touchdown. It's not that interesting. Uh, and then also Weber State getting the aforementioned Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State uh, ten and two going into their game last week against Wofford. Beat Wofford. They're now eleven and two on the season. An eleven win Kennesaw State team. So that may be. Uh, well, I don't know what that's going to be. It's going to be a long ride for both teams uh, to get to where they're going. What do you think, though? I mean, you already said off the top of the show. Look, man. One thing that was affirmed to me is just how much better the Big Sky teams and the, and the Missouri Valley too are basically than everybody else in the country when it comes to the FCS. That said, the best team in any given conference, and certainly to get to this point, I mean, Kennesaw State team, you expect to be a pretty good football team rolling in there uh, to uh, to Ogden, Utah. And for Austin P, I don't know the first thing about Austin P. I always thought it was Austin PA. What do I know? But anyway, they're going to, uh, to Sacramento State. And again, part of the fun of the FCS playoffs is a little bit of the blindness associated with it. That you, you, you know, I mean, the teams are on double duty just trying to figure out, well, who in the world is this that we're going against to say nothing to the fans? Right. I mean, we're going to talk to Southeastern Louisiana's coach later on this week. And we're going to talk, I mean, we already talked to uh, Greg Gattuso from, from Albany earlier today. Yep. And I think that so, some of these sort of unknown teams in the bracket is so much of what you always talk about. The coach is so essential. Mm. Austin P was a non-scholarship FCS team all the way until they joined the Ohio Valley in 2007, and then they just weren't really investing any money in football. And then they hired Mark Hudspeth, who was, had massive success at North Alabama. We talked about North Alabama's Division II dominance before North Alabama came to Montana to play earlier this year. And then he was at Mississippi State for a couple years, head coach at Louisiana Lafayette for seven seasons. Yep. So he's got FBS coaching experience, he's got Division II coaching experience at a high level, and boom, in year one, brings in a great quarterback, and Austin P is all of a sudden really legit. And I think that sometimes I think that when, when you don't have, we talked about just the omnipresent shadow cast over the Montana football program, which is their own tradition, it's certainly a huge advantage. Mm. And it's also... It, it, it puts so much pressure on all the situations because you can talk about all the history. Like Bobby Houck has no excuses to not be prepared for a playoff game. He, this will be his 19th playoff game that he's coaching in 
on Saturday. Whereas I think the newness of it, which you, you see with Kennesaw State, which is a program that's only existed for five years, and Austin P, a program that's investing money for the first time, sometimes you know, what you don't know is good. I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? Like you don't have the pressure of the moment. I mean, they just went and beat Furman, a team that's been in the bracket 16 times. They housed them. I mean, they, yeah. it, it was no contest. And I thought Furman was going to win that game just because, like you said, I, I knew next to nothing about Austin P. But uh, you can see just the influence of good coaching on several of these uh, sort of lesser-known teams. And, and usually when you see a team come out of nowhere or make the playoffs for the first time or win a game for the first time like Albany did, you can tie it to one of two things. A new coach... Like we saw last year, Eric Morris, the guy who comes from the Mike Leach coaching tree at Incarnate Word. He led Incarnate Word, who's a pretty new program, to play playoffs for the first time. Or you see it like with a guy, Greg Catusa, who's been a head coach forever. He was at Duquesne for 12 years, and now he's been at, at Albany for six years. And like he said, he told us on our conference call this morning, we'll play this for you later on in the week, but he said, well, you can think of it two ways. Either I got really, I, I, I just turned the corner and became a way better coach in my 20th year as a head coach, or my quarterback is really dang good. Right. And I can promise you, I didn't change it. (laughs) Exactly. So sometimes you just get a special player, and a special player can carry you so far. But as far as these matchups go, I mean, you talk about the, we had the chair of the FCS playoff committee on the show multiple times, and he talked about the regionality of the seedings. Yeah. I mean, they had good intentions, but a lot of these matchups, I mean, Illinois State to Central Arkansas is one of the closer matchups, actually. Well, man, if you got four-seeded Big Sky teams, you got nothing but to load up the airplanes. Well, doesn't right, matter. Right, I mean, it just right. doesn't matter where you're coming right, from. But, like, Austin P is in Tennessee, and they got to go to Sac State. That's a long, that's a long way. Get us on a, a, a to Ogden, Ogden, right? About equal, totally. There is a little bit of more of the ease of travel just in the fact that Kennesaw can just go to Atlanta and take a direct flight to Salt Lake well, City. Aren't they, they're all chartered. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm just talking about this, like the logistics of the airport, though, because even if you're taking a charter, like when Montana State played at Northern Colorado this year, they took a charter to Casper, whatever airport they could land in Wyoming, because that that was just a, a closer way to get to Greeley in terms of the busing situation or something. I don't know the logistics of it all, but it is. You're right. If the Big Sky has four seated teams, it's going to be. I mean, you get, I mean, it's going to be hard to have any reason around to play. Nobody. nobody, nobody. The Southland is the closest cover. Southland and the Missouri Valley, but with the Big Sky being better in the Missouri Valley, getting some seeds too, those matchups are are once again delayed. But as far as these two matchups go, I have no real take on how Austin P matches up with Sac State. But Kevin Thompson was was awesome this year, and he's going to be one of the best players in the game, no matter what, when he's healthy. The other game, though, to me is fascinating because I've downplayed Kansas State all year. I thought Kansas State looked really tough. I thought that their defense looked really fast. And they've done nothing but win since they got that. I mean, this is their third straight 11-win season. Yeah, so they know how to crazy. win. Yeah. So, but on the flip side, who likes playing the triple option? And who's licking his lips more than Jay Hill with that defensive line? I mean, yeah. Bring it on. They've been so good against Cal Poly every year, so they'll be ready to roll. That's going to be a select fest of a matchup. The, the one thing, it's 2001, it's 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, that I think is is obvious, but it's still worth noting, uh, worth paying attention to, is, as Mike Kramer told us in the last segment, these teams have all been great all year. They've been completely locked down, blow you away at home. Right. And... When you got Weber State in Ogden, and when you got Sacramento State in Sacramento, I mean, look out. Two points there. 
first of all, the last handful of years, the Montana schools have lost more often at home, and I think people have become numb to the fact that but there's no such thing as losing two home games in Missoula at Washington Grizzly Stadium ever, ever. Yeah. You might lose one home game in a season, but usually not. Is usually undefeated at home. Book yeah. it. And Montana State has been good at home under Jeff Choate, but not as dominant as you'd expect a team that's in the top. Which, by the way, yes, it was undefeated at home for Montana this year. No doubt, right? Montana, and that's and that's how it, it always. You could always book. That's why it was so crazy when Montana started missing the playoffs because it used to just be, well, well you, you got gonna, five or six wins. You're going to get five wins at home, bare <laughs> men, and maybe if the Bobcats come and beat you, okay, but you still got you're still five and one before you even play a road game. All you got to do is trip your way to two and three, yeah, and you're going to the playoffs, right? But that that sounds like somehow went by the wayside until now this year. The only home game lost by either of the two schools was when Sacramento State came to Bozeman yep. and won. Other than that, the teams were flat dominant at home. They they destroyed people at home. Both both sides did. So that's worth pointing out. The other thing that is really 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 interesting, and I always wondered if Sac State ever truly got it rolling, would it fall on deaf ears in the community, or could they get a little bit of cult support? Can they get their own little crowd? Because you're talking about a metropolitan area that's just gigantic. Could they just get anybody to come to their games? They had 20,000 people at their game against UC Davis. Second largest crowd in Sacramento State yeah. history. The largest crowd to ever watch a Division One game in Sac State history. I mean, say, I, I know it's a, a rivalry game, the Causeway sure. Classic, but I mean, even if you're getting 15,000, I mean, you are drawing twice what you used to draw if you're Sac State, and that's cool, man. And that could give them a real deal home field advantage because that stadium, it looks so strange because it's got the track on the outside of the grass, and it's actually a 23,000-seat venue, but it's one of the premier track venues in in the country. It looks so dumb when there are 6,000 people there, but I would love to see that venue with 20,000 people. That would be cool. Um, By the way, quickly, at Albany this past weekend, would you like to take a guess at how many people came to watch the playoff game? 1,660. 1,660. By far the lowest attendance in Casey Stadium history, Casey, where they play, which is, of course, lowest of all the season, and we know what it is on Thanksgiving and the whole deal. But a playoff game, you got 1,600 people. Yeah, this is why I was, I mean, we talked to Tom Miller from the Grand Forks Herald last week, but I wanted more revelations about the bids. Yeah. Because there was Nickel State was the only game that had more than 7,000 people at it. Every other game had less than 4,000 people. I added it up. The cumulative attendance of the first round of the FCS playoffs was 28,000 and change. You might have that many. I don't think that they're going to have that many, but you could have close to that at Montana alone on Saturday, and you will certainly nearly double that just with the two Montana schools this weekend. So what I'm saying, though, is that there's no way that North Dakota wouldn't have gotten I'm not saying they would have been the number one, but North Dakota would have had seven or eight thousand people there. They wouldn't have had thirty five hundred. No doubt. They got they got outbid by the only other school that did draw better. But like, step up your game, Villanova. Step up your game, uh, anybody. I mean, sixteen hundred and sixty fans. That's crazy. That's like a Class B game in Montana. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. 
Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. The this Chris Peterson story is so interesting, but I want to read one quote. This is the best quote I've heard on this so far. This is from Brock Heward, who's actually been on this show yep. twice, actually, now, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyways, former yeah. UW quarterback who's now Fox analyst, and he... And he is the play-by-play guy for... Or, no, Damon Heward is the... Who's Brock's brother, is does the play-by-play, right. or the color call, excuse me, for the Washington Huskies. So they're very right. tied in, obviously, Brock, to the and, Huskies. And Brock think, played think, at Washington. One of their two sons, lives in one Seattle. of the two of them has a son that's going to be the, kind of the next Golden Boy quarterback there. Regardless, Brock Heward said, doing this job that I do and getting to see the shortcuts that others take and the amount of rampant cheating in college football, to have a guy that I have full confidence that doesn't play in the gray area and really is willing to live in the black and white, even if it's costly to some recruiting battles, it's very, very commendable and something that I'm very, very proud of as a Husky alum. But I do think that eventually playing by the rules, and I don't mean this, I don't mind this being on the record, playing by the rules truly takes its toll. If that's the direction college football is going over the long term, I just don't think that Coach Peterson was willing and wanting to play that game. Mm. So maybe it is as simple as the John Beeline situation. Like John Beeline said basically that when he went from Michigan to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He said, I I am not willing to do the crazy one-and-done, the brokering of players. I want to develop guys, and ironically, I might have a chance to develop guys better in the pros than I do in college. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. There's certainly plenty more coming out on that. Uh, We keep it in Seattle, though, as the Seattle Seahawks are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I saw this line at two and a half. I'm now seeing three right in that zone, which means that as a home game for Seattle, uh, this is a pick 'em game in terms of who's the quote unquote better team. The Seahawks are nine and two. Are you ready for this, Coulter? They're three and two at home. They're six and zero oh on the road. I this saw year. that the last time I interviewed our guy Mike Dugar. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating, S- surprising, as well. and 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 really they play better teams at home. Has been part of it. No doubt. Uh, they, they certainly have played better teams at home. But, they, I mean, they played in one in San Francisco, uh, you know, in that in that crazy overtime game. Uh, and they've gone, and they, this is a team that historically has not traveled well, but they've gone to Pittsburgh and won uh, this year. Where else? I forget where else they went. But um, the uh, this is a team who's had one of, if not the best home field advantage in, in the NFL for a long time. And for them to be 3-2 and two at home uh, is is a bit of a surprise. And yet another very good team, and I will give you credit, uh, the, in the Minnesota Vikings coming in here, 8-3. and three. They're 5-0 and oh at home and 3-3 three and three on the road, which maybe makes a little bit more sense. The Vikings are. Uh, but this is going to be a great game. And now everybody's got two losses, right? Two losses or more in the NFL with the loss by the Patriots yep, and by the, by the San Francisco 49ers. So the battle for supremacy, by the way, both conferences accounted for there uh is is big time and these are 
um, 100% two of the expected playoff teams in the NFC. I mean, Minnesota's in a battle, obviously, right now with Green Bay. Seattle's in a battle with the San Francisco 49ers for the top in their division. But also, it's developing very much like no matter what team wins or doesn't win the division, that the those are going to be the two wild card teams, the two second place teams in those divisions, because New Orleans has it sewn up and nobody's coming close in the NFC South. And in the NFC East, there's nobody from the whole comp- division should even make the playoffs. I mean, this should just be all over. So you are uh, the, the only other team to me that looks like it has even maybe a remote chance is the Los Angeles Rams. If they can figure it out and get hot down the stretch, they could challenge for that that, uh, you know, second wild card spot potentially. But this is a big, big game, obviously, uh, for the divisional standings for both of these teams because you got to keep pace with the team ahead of you. Green Bay winning yesterday for Minnesota and then an opening now with the loss for San Francisco in, uh, uh, you know, kind of opening the door a little bit for the Seattle Seahawks. This is the time of year where sometimes you have these huge games and they're wars, just like the 49ers and the Ravens were yesterday. Also, sometimes you have these crazy lulls. Mm. Like the Ravens destroyed the Texans last week. Right. And then the Texans destroyed the Patriots uh, last night. Beat, beat them soundly. Don't look at the, the score. I mean, Patriots scored late. But, yeah, it was it was, it was was remarkable uh, how handily Houston, of all teams, Houston right. handled the New, New England Patriots last night. So sometimes you have just ebbs and flows yeah. this time of year, but also sometimes you have these primetime matchups, and sometimes I think you have hangovers after the primetime matchups. Sometimes I think, like a team like the Texans, it seemed like they really wanted to bounce back hard after not playing very well for a couple of weeks, and they showed what kind of threat they can be mm-hmm. last night. So, uh, But tonight I expect both these teams to definitely be up for this game. This is a huge litmus test game for me because, to me... No one in the NFC has really differentiated themselves outside of the Niners. And I truly believe the Niners are great now. I mean, because the Niners are so good up front on defense. They're, I mean, their D-line is, is silly. They're 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 an outstanding football team. I mean, they're absurd on and, defense. And, and really well coached, man. I mean, it's, they are. I mean, they I are. think Kyle Shanahan. They right? are. They're doing such creative stuff, honestly. I mean, the four running back system is crazy. The four... Play with their hair on fire, D lineman look that they. I mean, they're one of the best pass rushing teams of the decade, and they've only. This is the last year of the decade, but and I think the Saints have a chance to be right there. To me, though, the the Packers, the Vikings, and the Seahawks are all uh, have established themselves as good, and they're in the tier. But where are they amongst each other? I want to see a statement from one of them. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a fun game tonight because you have Russell Wilson, who, by the way, is uh, 63 yards away from 3,000 yards passing already. This is game, 11 games in. He's at 3,000 yards, basically, on the season, which is crazy. 24 touchdowns to three interceptions, Coulter. How's that grab you? Pretty great. Dalvin Cook, he's 11 games in, too. He's already passed a grand. 1,017 yards for Dalvin Cook, and hello where it matters. This is the thing. Chris Carson, he's been really good, and they've been a little bit of a two-running back system in, in, in Seattle. 879 yards, which is outstanding. Four touchdowns, though, for Chris Carson. 11 for Dalvin Cook. I mean, he just... He just goes to the house, uh, and he's and 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 frankly, the 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 Seattle defense—they're not as good just person to person as the Minnesota defense no, is. Seattle defense isn't good. Period. No, no, no. That's that's that is false. 
I mean, but look they at the stats, man. They're not very good. They they're bottom half of the league in almost every statistical category. Let me look at the stats. Nine and I mean, two. Mike Dugar has been writing weekly articles for the Athletic about how bad they've been struggling on defense. Struggling, indeed. Not up to their own standards, indeed. Not bad. Not bad in the sense of full stop. Well, bad. But Minnesota has one of the four best defenses in the league. They have a very good defense. Uh, I don't know if it's four best, but it's top Who's seven. Better Patriots, Bills. Oh wait, San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. Mm, Cleveland. Stop. Uh, but they. Um, they're they're very good. Uh, this is a really good defense with a really good run game against a great passing. Well, really great offense in general, but especially a passing offense against a defense that you know has a lot to prove and is going to have to figure it out. And also, Kirk Cousins has been. I forget who's good and bad, but Doctor Jekyll, the bad one at the front end of the season, and Mister Hyde, the good one in the second half of the season, uh, and. He had a his month of uh, of November or October, October was just absolutely highest quarterback rating for a single month in NFL history. Stunning! It was absolutely unbelievable. He's come back from that a little bit the last couple of weeks, but you know if he can put together a solid performance tonight, um, that's going to go a long ways. But you have by far the better quarterback and passing game. Well, certainly better quarterback against certainly the better defense, but it's a home game for Seattle and one that they need. And is this right? Is Russell Wilson undefeated in primetime games? I got I got to check this out. Not I mean, playoff times games. Was Kirk Cousins won in primetime once. I mean, last time they played the Cowboys. I mean, I'm serious. I think so, he, I don't know if he's ever won a All right, Coulter. Game. Well, let's finish up then. Minus three. Call it minus three the for Vikings. the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to be able to run the ball at will. Okie dokie. I look forward to this. I will take the Seattle Seahawks. We will discuss what it is that you're paying me uh, and how no, that will be delivered. you don't get anything from this. How that will you're be already delivered. ditching me to watch the game. So I'm not you're ditching you. Me. I'm going home. There's a difference. Well, we already had these plans. You're home. <laughs> I've never. <laughs> uh... Tina, let me know. Can I go with Coulter? No, she said let no. Let me know. Uh, all Tomorrow, right, we'll debate Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson MVP because I love that question. Right now, Seattle, Washington, Hawks, Vikings on ESPN Radio. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 